Hello and welcome to the Fire Officer Project Podcast, a show where we will discuss and learn together about topics specific to the American Fire Service. Come along as we explore areas such as firehouse traditions and culture, the fire family life, leadership, as well as getting yourself ready to be the company officer. This show is for everyone from the rookie firefighter to newly promoted officers. I'm your host, Mark McCurdy. Now let's get on with the show. Hello there. Good afternoon. This is the Fire Officer Project with me, your host, Mark McCurdy. I think you know that by now if you've listened to this in the past, but for those who haven't, that's who I am. You hear it in the intro there. And it's been almost four months, four months since I've uh, put out any episodes, and there's a reason some of you might be aware, so I'm going to explain myself there and a few other things up front before we get into the topic. So if you don't want to hear about updates or hear any of that stuff and you just want to get to the meat and potatoes, fast forward about five minutes and you can jump right in the material. So, but um, yeah, here I am getting started again, trying to get this rolling. Uh, I was doing well, I thought, and it was all from support that I've gotten from you guys out there and pushing me to do more material and making connections with people. And that was awesome. And then I had a big family thing happen and it just hit the brakes on everything. So, um, so what I'm going to do in the first few minutes here is give you some updates on things and what's going on, kind of bounce around with some things that have happened over these few months. And then, uh, I'll get into the material. I kind of put them out of order. I literally had three episodes written before, uh, this event happened and, and, but I'm going to kind of do them in different order than I want. It doesn't really affect anything as far as you listening, but it's just for me because I need to get back into it. The other two topics are kind of bigger and I just don't want to take all that on right now. If I'm going to, if I'm going to suck trying to get back into the motion again. So, um, I'm going to do it a little bit out of order. So like I said, I actually had them all written before I had to go back and review what I wanted to say, but Anyways, we're going to go over that. So on the title, you can see that's basically the meat and potatoes are going to be when is the right time for remote. And that's what we're going to talk about. So I know that I've kind of blurped that throughout some of the things, some of the episodes. So it might be a repeat on some things, but maybe you'll pick up a nugget or two. So what's been going on? Well, my last episode I put out end of May, a um, few things have gone on since then. It's now September 15th. I'm going to try to, try to get this edited and out as quick as possible, but what's been going on. First, thank you. Like I said, thank you for all the support you've given me for all the contacts and the motivation to see that this is actually doing some good for people. And it's just good conversation. So big time motivation. Since the last um, episode I put out, I've actually watched the numbers climb consistently um, without putting out any more material. So that shows me that it was starting to reach and then I kind of needed to do this stuff. So hopefully I can get... uh, get back out there with you and light that fire and you can kind of push these things out to people. And, and I got some other next level stuff that we're going to do. So right now, just out of the 11 episodes we published, I've had 4,500 downloads. And to me, I know to you guys, it doesn't sound like much, but to me, that's amazing that there's 4,500 times somebody's clicked on it and whether they've listened to it for a minute or the whole time, those numbers keep going up. So it's motivation to keep pushing this material, which is great. And I have more material, more material. And then I know I've said it for a long time about setting up interviews and things. That's definitely going to come now because it's time. It's time for that. It's good to go back and forth. And there's so many great resources out there that it's good to connect with those people. So I've always told you in the past, if there's somebody that you want to connect, want me to connect with, or if it's you or whoever, send me a message. We have the website, thefireofficerproject.com. It's got an inquiry inquiry. Uh, piece that you type on, um, send a message on if you want to be a guest. So throw it up there. We can make some conversation and see what we can do for each other. So anyways, just want to say thank you for that and let you know where we're at with that. Uh, work, work's been crazy. It's now September, mid-September, uh, hot Southern California. We had a heat wave that lasted for about two weeks. Ridiculous. Um, We're used to the summer, Southern California, but this was pretty exceptional when it was dipping over the hundreds consistently for days. I think one, the max we got to about 110. And of course we popped a fire on noon 
on about the third day into that, um, the route fire for anybody that's looking it up. Ended up being about 5,000 acres. I had the fortunate or unfortunate, whatever you want to say, um, uh, being first in for the county fire department because that's the district it started in along with the Forest Service, U.S. Forest Service. So trying to get a hold of it quick, and uh, that didn't happen. So I joke about it saying, well, I obviously sit here and talk and think that I kind of know what I'm doing, but when it gets to 5,000 acres, maybe I didn't do a good job, but... I think a lot of task books got signed off. So, hey, always got to look for the positives. But uh, luckily, no structures lost. Uh, we beat up a bunch of us, uh, I think seven or eight people, IWI, incident within an incident, just from heat exhaustion. So that was pretty uh, pretty rough. And it even tapped myself a bit with being down 47 now and realizing that it was beating me up pretty good too. Uh, so whether that's age or just the heat or the... Um, it's on the five corridor, just outside of Castaic, northern part of LA County. A lot of grass, a lot of mountainous terrain there, uh, pretty steep area. So a lot of work. So that's, that's it. But we kept it there, lost no structures, thank goodness. Oh, sorry, shouldn't say structures. We did lose a couple um, uh, structures and a trailer and things. So yes, there was some loss. So I'm, I'm not negating that at all, but not as bad as I guess it potentially could have been. So, which is good. Um, there's more on that, but uh, this is not what this is about. I'm just saying that things have been busy at work. Not only that, with probationary training, all kinds of things. So, um, what else here? It's not, like I said, it's September 15th. Obviously, past just past 9/11. 21 years. 21 years since 9/11. That day, um, whether you're on the job or weren't, or you remember where you were, or heck, now we even have people on the job who weren't even born when that occurred. I have a firefighter on my crew who was two when that happened. So they're living post 9-11, which is, you know, that's fine. There's nothing different about that. We just have to explain to them and keep that history awareness, aware of what happened and and share some stories and things like that. If you're interested in any of this um, somewhat family connection that I have, go back to the bonus episode. So when I first started this whole series, I had an intro episode, and then I squeezed in a bonus episode, and it has to do with 9-11 and a book that, um, oh, as I married into the, that side of the family, but uh, written by my wife's uh, second cousin. So if you want to go back, look at the bonus episode that has to do with that, and then there's a link to the book as well, uh, which I can, I've been linking to all of that book and everything on every episode, just because I want to keep that going as well. Um well, I said I would only talk for five minutes, but now it's 10. So if I'm still, if you're at the five minute mark and you're here talking to me and you still want the meat and potatoes, uh, keep going a few more minutes, fast forward, because I'm trying to catch everybody up to stuff. All right. So classes, uh, attended a class that our benefit and welfare group paid for. Um, they uh, had Echelon Front. So Jocko Willink's company come out to our department and talk, uh, put on one of their classes, which was amazing. It was at our fire museum. And uh, that was awesome. Yeah, it kind of motivated me to do something similar. Obviously, I'm not nowhere near that scale of those guys, but I just like the way their program was developed. So got something coming out in the future that I'll tell you about at the end of this episode. That's going to be an actual class, um, kind of a, a whole group of things. So I'll speak with that. I'll speak about that at the end. But uh, And then uh, reading. What am I reading right now? Right now, I'm reading a book that came out in May. Uh, called Fierce Valor, the true story of Ronald Spears and his Band of Brothers. So you've heard me talk about Band of Brothers, and it's kind of my reference show. There's a lot of good things. And I know it's a TV show, but it's based on a tremendous amount of history. Uh, one of my favorite characters in that is Ronald Spears, and that's what this book is about. It's by uh, Jared Frederick and Eric Dore. just came out in May. Um it's about that whole character. So if you're not sure who he is, but uh, you'll know as soon as if you've ever seen the series, he's kind of the quiet stoic one that they have an episode on that he did he do it or did he not where he gave some cigarettes to some Nazi POWs and then allegedly or did did he not? I don't know. They never really disclaim it. And even in this book so far, they haven't disclaimed it that uh, he ended up killing them all. Anyways, if you remember, I'm not saying that's the the part to harp on, but I'm just remembering that's the character. So that's that's the person I'm reading about. I just think his whole character, not just because of that, but 
his demeanor, his kind of stoic uh, demeanor, um, very into his work, uh, very strict. There's even a dark side, I guess, kind of to it also about how he is. And he's that one person that you could give a task to and rely on and never questioned it. So it's just that character I just liked a lot. So anyways, that's what I've been reading. So what was the big delay? What was, what happened? Um, I don't, yeah, pretty sure I never mentioned it uh, at all, but last year my mom was diagnosed with cancer last July and then, uh, um, almost exactly a year to the day she ended up passing. So that, that's what hit the brakes. That's what, um, that's what interrupted our whole lives over here. So, uh, everything is on the back burner. You just kind of go through everything and kind of numb. So if you've had that experience, maybe losing a parent or a family member, a super close or friend, then you kind of, you know where I'm at. Um, just still trying to work and, and push through things and you're kind of just numb the whole time. So I was going to be nothing good to keep trying to do this. I just wasn't motivated to do it. Um, so, but I know what she would want and that would be for us to keep moving on. You know, obviously I'm not going to forget any of that stuff, but um, it's just time. I need to not let myself get down in the darkness. So your texts, I appreciate every everybody who sent me a text, a message, a phone call. It's amazing. People that I spoke with just because of this connection have sent me messages and everything. Once they saw my last post I put on Instagram, because I was just trying to tell everybody, Hey, I'm, I'm here, but I just need a break. A lot of uh, texts and, and just people reaching out, which was amazing. So thank you very much for that. I, I, it's amazing to feel that support, even if we're across the nation or we've only met because of this connection with work, but uh, that brotherhood is, is still alive. And I really, really, really appreciate that. So, um, so enough of me yammering. I thought it'd be five minutes, but it's typical for me. Now we're at 12. So what are the meat and potatoes of what I'm going to talk about in this episode? It's just kind of a subject I wanted to talk about anyway, but I just needed to uh, go with something maybe a little lighter at the beginning just to make sure I've, I've got the uh, the right mindset to keep doing this. I don't want to give you cheap information or come across cheap or not do a good job on some of these bigger topics. So speaking of the other topics I want to talk about, this one we're going to talk about just like time when it's time to promote because I've had a few people hit me up about saying certain things about promoting and it was okay. Well, let me focus on that a little bit. And like I said, there's been times where I've peppered that into other episodes. And then, you know, so maybe you're like, oh, I'm going to hear the same thing. So if it's not for you, then okay. I appreciate you listening to what the, the update is at least. And then, but I think you might grab a couple nuggets out of it. But the other ones I already have written was um, just an episode talking about actual fire, actual fire ground tactics and the stuff that we love to do. So Big one on that, establishing command, passing command, um, just good fire ground um, ideas. And then this other episode I had written out was called Firehouse Reputations. And that one came from um, one of the firefighters when I was at my old other station asking, how do certain stations get a reputation? And so it just kind of spawned a whole um, topic. So that's going to be future episodes, those two. So this one will be episode 12, I think it is, 13, 14, and then uh, I'll keep pushing them out. But uh, okay, so where did this one come from? I guess it's kind of just, this is how I start out all the classes that I teach. That's my own program. And then I assist with our Captain's Academy. Uh, when when our people, personnel get promoted, they actually go to a two-week academy and I show up for one day for three hours and kind of give a lecture on similar topic that I'm already talked about, but it's uh, delivering a message from one of our senior captains that's getting ready to retire. And he's passed that information on that he wants um, continued on. So I'm just the person that's um, uh, moderating that basically and delivering his message. Uh, so anyways, um, so the first question I always ask though is, why are we here? And these people are already ones that have promoted, right? They're sitting there with their bugles on. It's day one. It's usually by the time I get there, it's their fourth day in the academy. And I ask them that question and they all just kind of look at you because they're like, well, we're already promoted. So what are you asking? So I ask people like, well, why do you want to promote? Why did you want to promote? Well, it's, 
Because you could always tell them like, you know what, this isn't for me. We've had guys do that. We've had guys say, you know what, this isn't for me. And they turn it in. But so I ask them, and it, you know, it's the typical crickets. You know, I could stand there all day and waste the three hours and probably never get an answer. But as soon as I start throwing some things out, you get some conversation started. And the reason I ask this is because you ever heard the person that says, well, I only promoted because other people asked me to. Well, well, okay, but you're your own person. So really, are you telling me that you just promoted because somebody told you, well, what the heck does that mean you're going to do later? So is everybody going to manipulate you to do what they want as a company officer? Okay, I understand what they're saying, but if you're going to promote, promote. There's no hiding it because you got to study. People are going to see you on the list. And yeah, it's uncomfortable because you don't want to get ribbed and people start jamming you up and everything else. So I get it, but deal with it. It's the way it is. You can stay where you're at or you can promote. So there's a lot in between that, obviously, and we're going to talk about it. But just do it. If you don't want to do it, don't do it. And I'll tell you about how I got to where I'm at. And, but how do you know when it's time? There's a huge factor. So that's the big general question. As I break it down, as I come down here through these uh, points, I think we'll kind of approach that. But when I do ask that question to the class, I say, why, why are we here? Why, why did you guys promote? And they don't say much. And I'm like, okay, is it the money? And you know, you kind of get that weird look. And I'm like, well, that's not a negative thing. Okay. Cause you're probably going to make more money which, okay, could be a motivating factor. Shouldn't be your main one, but, you know, okay, motivating factor. And I can only speak to like the Southern California area, but if you just don't want to do the same thing you've been doing for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, and you think, okay, I need another challenge. Okay, it's the challenge. Okay, I want to run an incident. I want to challenge myself to be a leader. Perfect. You don't have to be a captain to be a leader, but you definitely almost instantly get put in that category. So maybe it's the challenge. Okay. So money, challenge. What else is it? For uh, some of us, it's you don't want to drive the engine or the truck anymore. You don't want to be a paramedic anymore. You don't want to climb in the back of the ambulance anymore. I get it. I get it. It's hard and tedious. And sometimes you just get stagnant and it's time to move on. Cool. But also, if your long-term goal is to be something way up there, gold badge, wherever you may land, then you got to promote, obviously, and your compressed time window is going to be a lot quicker, depending on what your goal is. <clears throat> so that's what I, that's my next point. So are you promoting because, hey, I want to be the chief one day of the fire department, of this fire department? Okay, cool. Now you can have some big nads and say that and be like, oh yeah, well, I'm going to be the fire chief one day. Nobody's going to say that, right? Because we're all kind of humble. Plus you say that and it's instantly back to the firehouses when you, somebody says that. But you ever seen those people that just have that confidence? Okay, maybe that's you. So look far down the road. What's your ultimate goal? So for us, Southern California, 30 years is kind of the norm. Pretty much that's the retirement time you put in. Now, if you worked for another department or you got hired later in life and things like that, okay, that changes. But if just the average person, the kind of norm is 30 years. So you got to plan out your roadmap there for 30 years. What's your plan? How far do you want to go? And obviously when you're brand new, you're just trying to get through probation or maybe the first couple of years as a firefighter, you're maybe not thinking that one day you want to be a deputy chief, assistant chief, fire chief, whatever titles may be uh, in your department, you, you, you get what I'm saying. Like how far are you going to reach? Then you got to figure out your time frame window. It also matters, and I'm jumping ahead a tiny bit. How often does your department promote? That's a big one. How often do they promote, and how many people do they promote? Because that's a huge factor based on your ultimate compressed goal time frame. So, <clears throat> okay. So my promotion story. I don't need my whole resume, but basically, long and short was I never thought I'd promote. I liked being a firefighter paramedic. Uh, I got hired by my initial department as um, a firefighter paramedic. I had gone to medic school before getting hired officially. Uh, I loved it. That was my thing. I liked being in the trenches. I liked doing the medic thing. I liked doing the fireman thing. I liked all that stuff. I go, I'm good. 
I don't want to promote because it wasn't that I was thinking I didn't want to do that job or I didn't want to drive or I never wanted to be a captain because I had great captains that were saying, you know, plan your plan your life. Basically what I'm saying right now, plan your life out, kid, because you're probably not going to want to be doing this for 30 years as a firefighter because look at it now. How many career 30-year firefighters or however many years do you see in your department? Like it used to be kind of common. We joke about it now in my department be saying there's no more senior firemen anymore. Everybody is just promoting as fast as they can. We're hiring as much as we can. It's very rare to find that firefighter in length in his career uh, that's, you know, 15, no, 15, say 20, 25, almost 30 years. That's starting to become a rarity, at least in the areas that I work. They exist, but it's not as common as it used to be. So uh, at 14, 13, 14 years in, I'm like, hmm, all right, 13, 14 years as a firefighter medic, Moved around a few stations, did a few things. Uh, I thought, oh, maybe I'll look at the engineer thing. So driver for us, maybe I'll look at that. And then had a, uh, I already had a kid. One, my first, my oldest daughter. When I was a firefighter medic, uh, still working at night houses and busy houses, and then I was becoming the freaking zombie at home. Which I'm thinking, you know what, this isn't good because ultimately, and you've heard this too. What happens is something happens to us at work. Yeah, people are sad. There's a big pomp and circumstance and there's a big funeral and things like that. But ultimately, somebody needs to fill your spot. So do a good job while you're there, but know that you're replaceable tomorrow. And so I finally kicked in where I was like, wait a second, I'm beating myself up for the experience. Now I'm going to talk about experience in a little while. For the experience that I wanted down the road or just that I needed to accomplish because I started leaning towards promoting. And I had I picked places I've worked at in my career based on the experience level that I would get there, not comfortability. And just kind of rounded me out a little bit for the future, which has helped a ton. Um, so anyways, my point is, take the engineer test. And I took the engineer written and the captain's written three months apart. Because that's just the way our department offered them. And so... However, things laid out, that's how it happened. I was a driver engineer for two years and then got promoted as a captain. So August 16th of this year is now six years as a captain. I still have eight more years to go. I don't plan on promoting anymore. This is where what works for me. I like the challenge. I like the spot I'm in. In my department, once you go past this rank of captain, your ability to kind of control where you work is limited because you go to the battalion chief level and you can be moved around based at the department's need. Right now, I still have control of where I bid and who I work with and where I work. So that's a big motivating factor for me. Although my plan is to take all the chief officer classes for the state and get my chief officer cert in the next year or two. That's more for the knowledge, but also a backup plan. And I'm going to talk about why a backup plan, or at least similar plan is a good idea to have, especially when you're still considering promoting. My plan basically is if I get hurt or I just hit a wall one day and say, you know what, I do want to promote, then I at least have the classes done and then everything else is just going to help me promote. But it's not my goal. It's just a backup plan. So I like what I'm doing now. I think it's great. I'm in a perfect spot near my house here that I work. I'm at an engine truck house, great crew. And I know my crew is not going to stay with me the whole time because we're working on getting them promoted as well, or they're getting approbation and then they're going to move to a different station. So that part is uncontrollable. Basically, the only thing I can quasi have any somewhat control is, is myself and the other captain that I work with. And we talk constantly about staying together there and, and you know, things change, but we don't have any immediate goals to change that up. But so as I'm saying. All of a sudden, you don't want to get to the point where you're in a burnt out situation. That's the worst. Now, this is my experience, but I think this is pretty common in other areas and other departments is you get the person who's burnt out, maybe as a medic, because the medic thing in Southern California and in most places, you just get beat up, right? It's a whole nother level. And you know the burnt out medics, right? We all know that cliche, the burnt out paramedic. Well, it's a tough spot to be in and it puts a hell of a lot more pressure on you when you're burnt out and now you're trying to promote 
because now you probably should have promoted the last time your department tested, but now you've got everything weighing on this one, and maybe you're already an ass. Maybe you don't even see it. Maybe you don't realize that you're in that fog, because I guarantee you it's tough to realize. Like, I knew I was in somewhat of a fog as a paramedic with a child at home and getting beat up at night and everything else. You almost feel, uh, to a degree, buzzed because you're in this fog. And when I promoted from medic, fireman medic, to engineer, it took me about three or four months to not wake up in the middle of the night thinking I missed a run and to realize there's more time in my day now because I'm not following up with patients to the hospital, weren't as busy. I could actually spend time on learning my apparatus and working on a more hands-on manipulative type mechanical piece. There's all that, right? So you don't realize it. And then you realize this fog lifts, like you're walking around in a haze. I remember being going home and having 24 hours off before I had to go back to work. And then my wife saying, hey, we're going to take the girls to Disneyland. They're small, you know, three and one or four and two. And okay, but we just got rocked the night before. So we got to drive. It's about an hour, hour and a half drive from our house there. You know, it's Disneyland. So it's busy. It's hustle bustle. You're moving your butt trying to get around. And then just trying to like stay awake and realize like, I don't want to lose time with my family that they're going to realize, yeah, I was there, but I was kind of just a shell walking around that, that started bugging me because yeah, I'm there, but I'm not fully into it. And I think you guys got my point there, but if you're in that spot, okay. And then people could say, well, why don't you just slow down? Right. You could bid another spot. You don't have to promote hundred percent true, hundred percent true. If you have that option in your department to bid to a little bit slower spot, and kind of save some of that, then that's a good option too. If you don't want to promote or it's not time to promote, but maybe your your life dictates other, you don't have to get your butt kicked or you know your ass dragging in the ground to go on a ton of calls to be great or be ready to promote. Now, do I think it's important to be at certain positions? Yes, it's a fine line, right? So we'll talk about that in a little bit too. But you understand what I'm saying. So find your reason to promote. Find the right time when you're to promote. Don't let other people determine your thing like, hey, we need good guys, so take the test. And then you lean on like, well, so-and-so told me I need to take the test. Bullcrap. Say, yeah, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's kind of on my wheelhouse. Maybe you can mentor me on this. I'm not ready for this one, but maybe the next one. You know, don't let people push you towards doing something that you're not ready for or it doesn't fit in your lifestyle program, time that you want to do. So to me, that's a nil thing. You know, it's like you you listen to that one. Then you also look at the other one and go, well, if that ass clown over there gets promoted, then maybe I should, right? But then I say these things and people get all pissy with me saying like, oh, you're you're talking down to the brothers. I'm like, no, no, you understand what I'm saying. You look at it and go, well, that guy hasn't really, or girl hasn't really done a ton, but they got promoted. I need to promote. Do it when it's your turn and it's not your turn when it's right for you when it's right for you and now when is it right there's a ton of other factors i'm going to talk about that shortly because i worked for a small department i know what that's like and i'm working for this massive department now i know what that's like two extremely different things and i don't want you to be turned off saying well i don't work for a department the size of yours i have this other angle where one of us gets promoted off of five people taking it totally get it totally get it i'll, I'll talk about that in a second here but don't let yourself get to the point initially when you're thinking about promoting, if it's to engineer, if it's to captain, maybe even BC. I don't know. I haven't thought, I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I can see where it definitely can be a factor, right? Because we go on a lot of medical aids in Southern California. And I say that because that's where I work, but I'm pretty sure all of you do kind of the same, right? More so than you want to go on. It says fire department, not EMS authority or whatever the heck even though that's the point of our job and that kind of sustains us because that's a lot of what we do, at least in our area. There's definitely times where I've heard chiefs say, yeah, I got tired of going on abdominal pains. And there's definitely times where I've said that too, where I'm like, hey, I don't need to go on 10 abdominal pains a day to feel like I work. I can tell people I work at a place that goes on 20 to 30 runs a day because 10 of them are abdominal pains or BS calls that maybe don't necessarily need the fire department, but we're going to get called anyway. That's not helping you get ready to promote. That's just filler. So, sorry, I got to drink a little coffee here. It's afternoon. Um, so know when it's time to 
for you to promote. Now you got to weigh in the other factors. How often does your apartment test? Now we've gone from the list I got promoted on, three years. From the time I took the test, it was an extension, three years I sat on that list. So much so that, like I said, back when I did, I took the engineer written and the captain's written three months apart. Technically, when you look at how I was promoted, the department never knew I was an engineer because um, I was an engineer after the list, the captain's list was established. And then I got promoted for two years. I was an engineer in that three-year window. It never even, those points never even went towards me promoting the captain. So anyways, that's just a unique situation that I was put in. But we went from a system that used to promote every, uh, establish a list that lasted every two years. My list got extended because of money and there was a lot of people, whatever it may be, unique situation. And I never thought I'd get promoted off that list. I was studying for the whole year prior to that to get ready for the next one. So um, we went from that style, two years, to now six months. We test for captain now. The new plan is every six months. That's crazy. So good and bad. Good because... You can wait six months to go, I'm not ready, but I got six months to get ready. Not so bad. Versus the old way where it was like, oh man, same way with our engineer test. You uh, screwed up, had a bad day. Our engineer test is pretty rough. That's the hardest test in our job. Now we've changed the way we do things a little bit with it, but it's always been the hardest job, the hardest test to get through for us physically and mentally and all the calculations and all that stuff. It's always been our hardest test. You would fail that. It was two years before you could take that test again. Now it's almost, it's like every year we're testing for engineer, sometimes twice a year. That's how fast we're putting these classes and, and sorry, these tests through. So that's, that's different, right? That's different compared to a department, say my old department, three station department. Uh, we had 30, 30 something or 31, 32 members all the way up to the fire chief, to me as a junior firefighter, the boot firefighter, very small, right? Three stations, three engines, three shifts. So there's only nine captains and a couple, you know, fire prevention, one or two. So I think we had 10 at the most. How often do you think that test went and how well do you think you had to place to promote? That changes everything tremendously. Now you don't have the luxury of saying, ah, I'll catch the next one six months from now because that may not happen. So it is tougher, I think, in smaller departments because of that percentage base. But then people will go, yeah, but the percentage base of people taking the test is smaller because you, know, you need to have certain people qualified, which is true. It's a numbers thing, right? So it's kind of, you can, you can see what I'm talking about if you look at the numbers. If there's only five guys qualified to take the captain's test and they're only going to promote one, okay. You know, different. We, we promote. 25 people at a time consistently off, off those lists. So it's a numbers thing. That's all it is. You just have to time that right of when you're ready. Just don't wait till the point where you're burnt out and need to promote or do something different because it's really impacting you. And it's just going to put more weight on your shoulders and a lot harder on you because you have so much more riding on it than because you know you're being a jerk and you need to get off that. And then it's going to be even harder because kind of when we're jerks, right? How many people really come and try to help us? You know, you might get the one bleeding heart every once in a while that's like, hey, they really need help. But it makes it a lot harder for people to approach you when you're kind of the rough jerk that everybody's like, forget that guy. He's, he needs to fix his other things, but you're not making it appeasing to people to come try to help you. So walk that fine balance, figure that out before you get too far down the road and realize, yikes, I can't turn around. So that's one big thing. And then look at the whole process. So right now, what I'm going to, what I'll talk about at the end of this is the class I'm going to do for our department. Part of it is going to be reviewing our um, appraisability, uh, appraisal of promotability, AP packet. That's what we call it. It has to do with operation things that you've done, classes you've taken, experience that you have on the job. It's a whole packet. It's kind of like a giant resume. And we're going to kind of break that apart. So that's specific to my department. Probably other departments do something similar, but that's one big piece of it, plus the written that we talk about, plus 
doing hands-on uh, size-ups and things like that. So look at the whole process that your department requires. So go back and look at the job flyer from the previous one. Even if, and like I said, I don't know if I said this before in the past, but I give one of my probate, firefighters are on probation. I give them an AP packet, that AP packet for the captain. Now, obviously they just got on probation. They're not going to take the captain's test. One, they don't qualify. And two, that wouldn't make sense, right? But what I want them to do is start looking at it and start shaping the future and look at, um, you know, precision on taking certain classes and realizing what the whole process looks like. Because the other opposite thing is, is people who sit on their hands their whole career and then decide, oh, I want to be a captain. And now they're just scrambling like crazy to take every class, to do every pet project, to kiss everybody's ass, to make, to get their points. And it actually turns people off. So I don't know if you've seen that process happen, but I'm pretty sure the fire service is pretty much the same all over the place. You know, pretty much what I'm saying. So start now looking at the whole process, get the old job flyer. And yeah, it might change, but just get an idea, right? You know how the process should work. You've seen people go through it. Look at how it's going to go. Look at the study material. Look at the books you might need to find or start looking for, however it may be for your uh, department and how the process goes. So get ahead of that. Just put it in the back burner. Look at how it goes. Don't don't let that jump up on you and be like, wait a second, I need to know all this or that's how it works. And then try to separate yourself a bit in doing other projects. Like our, our packet is very specific. How many times did you teach at recruit training? How many times did you do this? Did you do that? And it's all a point system. But there's other things that you can get creative with that are tough to get. So you, you have to be aware of things that when opportunities come up, that you can jump on and yeah, is it a pet project? Maybe, but what if you have a passion for it and it happens to land in one that not too many people are going to have the opportunity to partake in, but it's on the appraisal list, right? So be aware of those things. Hell, do you even need to create your own potential points? Do you need to create a program and be like, can I do this? That's where it's, where do you separate yourself slightly from the herd? I had a chief tell me that one time. And I said, oh, yeah, chief, I'm doing fireground survival, recruit training, this, this. And he goes, yeah, cool. I have 50 other people that are doing that. What else are you doing? You got to think a little bit different than everybody else in the herd. That's huge, right? I go, oh, never thought about it like that. All I'm thinking about is steerage, just following the, the other cow butt in front of me, just walking along, doing everything that everybody else is doing. He goes, you got to separate yourself. So that's where those opportunities know what's available Maybe create your own opportunity and do something different that you have passion for, but maybe starts building towards and kind of helps out in two areas, right? Something you like to do plus, yeah, is it going to help you down the road? Probably. So other factors to consider. Um, now, this one's kind of odd because previous experience with another department, sometimes if you transfer over to another department, they want you to have worked somewhere for a couple of years. That's kind of a new thing that's happening in Southern California. Lateral transfer, it's not new, but you start to see it more often because nobody can get people to do this job, which is so weird to me. Um, you lateral over with two years somewhere experience and you come over. I'm not sure because I haven't dealt with this yet. If that experience, if they'll allow you to count those two years towards promoting within the new department that you go to. So I can't speak to that. If anybody has knows how that works for your department, you want to send me a message on Instagram or uh, on the website, there's a way to send a message. Cool, do because that just helps educate me, so I know how that works. But um, there's that that piece, right? So maybe that helps you, and maybe you worked for a department that did something different and sent you to classes and did things like that. That's cool. It's all good stuff. So uh, let's see a few more things on here. Let's see. Oh, what happens when everybody finds out you want to that you're going to promote? Right? You already know the people that are going to promote. You know the up and comers, and you know the guy. Or the people that kind of hide it a bit, like they're in their dorm all of a sudden, you know, a test flyer just came out and they're in their dorm more at night. They're not hanging out, watching movies or not smoking cigars outside, allegedly. Um, you know, all of a sudden you're like, why are they in their dorm? And you walk by one day and their books are all laid out and everything. Oh, 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 so-and-so thinks they're ready to promote. Do you get heat for that? Yeah, but it's all in good fun, right? Typical fire service. I think we're starting to lose a little bit of that, which is making the fire department sterile 
and vanilla because we're too afraid to do certain things, but that's, you're not hurting anybody's feelings. You're just ribbing them a bit because they want to promote. And then it gets out there, but so what? Because then start, people start going, well, I'd work for that person. I want to see them succeed. Then you get taken care of, right? Like, hey, so-and-so, it's not, yeah, it's your cook day, but go study, go do this. And yeah, you got to put time in off duty. Like our testing process, and I'm sure it's the same with other fire departments, you got to put a lot of time in off duty. And I'm going to talk about that with the family life here shortly, so I don't want to dip into that yet. But, right, people, you're going to see that. There's going to be that ribbing a little bit. But then you're going to find the person who all of a sudden sits back. Maybe it's somebody like myself or a multi, there's multiple people like myself that sit around and they want to help others, but they want to see how much you're going to do first. As soon as I see somebody's taking the test, do you think I go up and let me help you? Let me show you what to do. Let me give you my two cents. I'm not that person. Now, there's definitely those people out there that exist, but I'm more the other way, right? Uh, I sit back and I see how motivated somebody is. I kind of look at the big picture, maybe wait for them to come up to me. But if I see them doing something that isn't helping them and not pushing them in the right direction, I change their degree a little bit, I'll go and say something to them like, Hey, maybe study this, or if you're interested, we can do this one night after dinner and do a couple mock uh, incidents. Oh, okay, yeah. I throw it out there. I wait for them to come approach me, though, because I'm not going to go set it up for them and everything and then go, hey, so-and-so, do you want to get out of the blue chair and come over and do this scenario? I'll throw it out there, and then I wait for them. You, you see where I'm going with this. So pay attention to the big picture. Somebody might come up to you one day and say that. Don't blow it off. And don't forget about it because it could be a tipping factor that helps you. Some little pearl they give you that pushes you over the edge that gives you the advantage or gets you score a little higher or gives you a study point or something that you weren't aware of. So run with it. Don't try to hide it. I mean, I get it if you're trying to hide it, but why? It's okay. If you want to promote, promote. Uh, what's another big thing? Education. Education is a big thing. There's a lot of people I've noticed. And over these few years and this whole time I've been on the job, you notice that education is, has and is becoming a bigger factor. A lot of people coming out with degrees and, you know, we can look at it and go, yeah, that's cool. You have a degree, but all this job takes is 18 and a pulse and a driver's license. Cool. You don't need a degree. Well, pretty much to be a chief anymore, you're going to need a degree. So those people who have already done that, they're ahead of those people like myself who only have their associate's degree who thought I was going to go to community college because I'm just going to be a firefighter, right? So now it's on me if I want to, which I'm going to start working on too, take those chief officer classes, but also my department, there's a way to work around and, and get some of your education paid for to get your bachelor's, which I was just um, given some information on, which is great. So I'm going to slowly chip away at that. Uh, one, for education, just for life. Two, uh, I think it's another factor that's good for my girls to say, hey, pursue your education. And uh, they'll see me doing that as well. Um, things like that. So education, big, right? Take that as far as you want to go. If you want to get a master's degree in whatever it may be, and you have the ability to do it and, and the time and family life, then do it. It's, it's going to help you. So, All right. So as I spoke earlier about family life. Before starting this process, how is your family life? Mike, you, you've heard me kind of blip it out there a little bit. I have two girls. I have a wife. Uh, my wife's dad, or my father-in-law was a fireman, so she understands the life. But that doesn't mean she's not happy. Like, she just lets it, like, no big deal when I get mandatory all the time, right? Even she's gotten sick of it. 22 years on the job. We've been together uh, most of that time. She's been around me since I was a firefighter and I'd only been on the job three or four years when we, we were together. So she's been around it and it's ups and downs and we're getting mandatory and like crazy. And, you know, every once in a while she just says something, but it's because she works and all that stuff. So anyways, what I'm talking about is look at your family life before you take on this huge task. Now, is it ever going to be perfect? Never. Right. Because all we, that's the other thing. People always say, oh, I got to wait until it's perfect, perfect, perfect. That's all of life. It's never going to be perfect. As the newest example for me, it would be this. I kept thinking, oh, I need this equipment and this, and I need that. And then 
this and I, I don't, I can't do it. I literally sat on this for six months before I did it. Then if you've already heard the story really quick, allegedly had COVID was, was pushed off work for 10 days, stayed home, um, got with a f- uh, friend coworker now that, um, explained to me how it works. Boom. Within those 10 days, had the first episode out up running on Apple. It, it was crazy. And I think I said it before, but I'm going to plug it here. So my friend, Chris, he's also a coworker at my own, at the station I'm at too. Um, his podcast is prep and defend. I'll link it at the bottom at the, in the notes, but go check his stuff out. He is light years ahead of me on this, but um, awesome, awesome resource. And then he is connected with the fire up program, uh, which is connected with the fire you carry podcast. So it's all these connected pieces. So if you haven't heard these people yet, uh, I want to drive you towards their traffic and their podcast. So it's just awesome. There's a lot. I don't want to shortchange it. I'm going to talk about them. I'm going to interview them one day and we're going to talk about their program, but that's how this got started. Right. So, um, you can't just wait for the perfect time, but how is your family life? Because like I said, if you've already taken one promotion test and now you're going to promote to captain or you've seen how people do it, there was a lot of time spent at, I'd go and study at the library. I'd try the whole Starbucks thing, but I couldn't do it. So whatever it needs that you need to do, but you're going to be taking time away from your family on your days off, still doing work stuff to try to promote. So how is that situation? Where can you fit that in? Where is it going to be right for you? Uh, it's never going to be right, but just at least be aware of that and think, okay, how much stress more is this going to add? Is this going to add more stress to me studying? And is your significant other going to be on your tail because you're taking time? Not only are you getting mandatory or you're working a bunch or whatever it may be, but now you're, you're taking time that you're at home trying to study. Because if you think that you can study at work and try to get it all done, it's kind of tough, right? It's, there's so much in our days. And if you're fortunate to be in that spot, cool. But I got to assume that you're going to need to put some time in at home. So just take a big picture and look at your overall family life and how it impacts them. And yeah, if it's a certain time, tell them, hey, the test is this date. I need these two months and I'm going to be trying to study as much as I can without completely impacting our family. Um, you know, whatever your unique situation may be. Um, All right. Last couple of things here. So uh, are you skipping a rank? Are you going from firefighter to captain? So in our area and a lot of the Southern California and most places, not all, because not every department does it this way. uh, We have specific ranks for an engineer, uh, firefighter, captain, BC, all that. So, but we can skip a rank. So you can skip and go from firefighter to captain on our job. Now I got my opinions on that. It doesn't need to be discussed here, but one, the biggest thing is you might leave points on the table. So you got to fill in holes in those points because you're skipping a rank and you got to make it up somewhere else. So be aware of that. Look at the whole testing process. Does that even matter if you're skipping a rank? Does it affect you at all in your department structure? So in ours, it affects it a little bit, but not tremendous amount. Before, years ago, you used to you used to count on one hand or two hands, maybe how many people did that. Now it's becoming more and more common because of the way we change our testing process. So um, I don't need to voice my opinion on that here, but, um, you know, through consider that, just look at the overall picture and be like, Ooh, do I need to make up spots here? Because I don't have that rank. Maybe I was never a paramedic, never a hazmat, never a USAR, never an engineer, whatever it may be that's specific that you're just going to have a hole because you don't have that chunk on your resume. Okay. Just remember like, do I need to fill in somewhere? So, all right, wrapping it up here. Uh, remember, it's like I said earlier at the beginning, 30 years is a long time. So I've given you this timeline before, but just as put in perspective again, I did 14 years as a firefighter, two years as an engineer, six years as a captain now, and I still have eight more years to go. Now, if I could have, I would have had to say, no, I don't want you to promote me to captain, and I could have been an engineer longer, which I could have done for a few more years. But based on the way I took the test, I wasn't going to turn down the promotion. So that's just how my unique situation works. But um, think about that, depending on how long your career is going to be, uh, how often your department tests, the number that they promote based on the size of your department and how often, it's almost kind of percentage relevant, but 
you know, I can't speak um, to everything. So look at your the way your department's structured and how that's how that's going to work. So, all right. I think I've beat this up enough uh, about that. If we have any more topic considerations you want to talk about with it, send me a DM, a message on Instagram, a message through the website, whatever it may be. But I do want to continue with a thing that I had done when I asked, uh, must have been a year ago, and I'm still getting through these questions, questions from the streets, asking people for certain things like, um, what do you want to know about? So I had a one person send, uh, IG handle is Joey D. He talked about, he wanted to know about experience versus time on. He puts time on in quotes. So what's your experience versus time on the job? And I think without me even explaining it, you guys kind of know what I'm talking about. You have the people that have been on the job. So career firefighter, say that. Been on 20, 25 years. Maybe hasn't been at the busiest places or done a lot of other things, but has been on the job a long time. But maybe if you looked at the comparison of what how much they put into it, not as much. Experience, projects, pet projects, whatever you want to call them, uh, training, whatever, but they're going to say, well, I have this much time on the job. Does that outweigh somebody who has actual experience, but obviously going to have a way shorter time on the job? So I don't think that the senior, even though I like the senior firefighter concept and I like having those people, it's tough when maybe that's all they've done. And then all of a sudden they think the last five years, I'm going to be a captain, but now I'm scrambling myself to get every point I can to make myself viable to get promoted based on how your department promotes just because they have time that much time on the job doesn't really matter. You max out in our job, you max out. I think I'm just talking off the cuff here. I think eight years as a firefighter, you're maxed out on points. You're not going to get any higher. So maybe that's your determining factor. Maybe if you look at the point schedule and you go, Hey, by the time I have five or 10 years as a firefighter, I'm not gaining any more points that could factor into when you're going to promote too as well. You know, you like that job. You want to stay busy. You want to get all the experience you can by moving around if you can in there and getting um, other tasks and taking on other projects while you're in that rank. But then in the back burner the whole time, knowing like as soon as I get to a certain amount of years, my department doesn't recognize any more years past that. That could be a determining factor too. Uh, I remember hearing, uh, but there's the other angle, right? There's the person who's taken every class under the sun has humped every leg and done everything they can in a compressed short amount of time and has taken the captain's test at the minimum amount of time. What do we think about that person? So I kind of like the middle ground guy or gal. Sorry, I keep saying that, but Sabbath. Uh, You know, that middle ground person who has that experience, because I remember hearing, and it's word for word, I had to stop the person who said this. They said, yeah, that person... So-and-so is taking the test. I'm like, ooh, that's kind of early. Did they work somewhere else? No, no, but they're, they've taken every class. They've done all these things. You're, and yeah, 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 the only thing they're lacking is experience. And it's like needle off the record. Burp. Hold on a second. What'd you just say? Yeah, they got everything. They got every point. They're going to be awesome. They just don't have the experience. I'm like, uh, okay. I'm not knocking those people. But if you don't have the slides in the carousel... Or I know some of you are like, what the hell is he talking about? If you don't have that experience to lean on based on the ranks that you've worked on the job, it's going to be tougher. Now you can take the test and you can get on the list and you can, they can promote you. But if you don't have that experience, it's going to be tough, right? And people know, they know your background. They know everything about you before you even walk in the door at their station that you're now coming into as the boss. So... There's all these factors, right? I'm giving you a ton of information, but I'm not giving you a lot of direction. It's because there's so many factors and it has to be unique to you, your department, your time in life. The whole situation is dependent on all these factors. All I'm trying to do in this episode is make you aware of them. So remember, you're going to make mistakes. You got to learn from as many as possible. But if you can just shine light on the fact of, oh, I never thought of, Go in and get the job flyer. Look at the study schedule or the uh, the reading list. What other projects can I do that not everybody else is doing? Things like that. And as you're doing it, remember how much time, the time frame, I already gave you how much how my time frame worked. 
how much time there actually is to accomplish your goal. But like I said, if your overall goal is to be a fire chief one day, you got to work in that compressed time zone. I never thought of that far. Basically, where I'm at now is was the end of my road and my projected path, if I even got to that. So I'm good where I'm at. That's me personally. But look at all those factors. Take the time to gain the experience and get it really good at it and find those people along the way. They're going to help you. They're going to push you and bid to those spots if you have the option that are going to make you uncomfortable because of the potential and the experience that you could have, that you will get there, bid there. Yeah, I don't know anybody. I don't, you know how many places I bid to that I didn't know anybody from day one. Now I asked if I could bid there. That's a whole process with us. But I didn't know anybody. And it's uncomfortable. I'll tell you right now it's uncomfortable. How uncomfortable do you think it's going to be when you promote to captain? We've already heard me talk about this in previous episodes. And if you haven't, go back. I think I definitely talk about it in for day one as a captain and a company officer. So go back. But that's the thing. So there's a lot of time. You got to look at everything about the overall picture. And then it has to be specific to you when you're ready. Just take the biggest pearl I think is don't wait till you're in the burnt out stage to promote. Just wait, puts way too much on you. So anyways, hopefully that helped you there. I kind of give you a a lot of kind of what's going on in my life and things, but a lot of stuff. Maybe you're like, yeah, I heard this already, but maybe you picked out one or two nuggets. The Instagram, if you, if you want to follow that is um, the fire officer project, the website, the fire all spelled out. It's got everything on there. Like I said, it's got, you can link to the episodes on there. You can throw up a review if you feel like it, either on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the website. I appreciate throwing up your reviews or just a DM, whatever it may be. Even a little Instagram or Facebook message. There's a Facebook account too. If I had to pick all of them, the uh, Facebook account is the one that probably gets used the least, but I still get the messages. So you can link on there, the Fire Officer Project. I have my own separate Facebook link for it. If you want to go on my personal one, fine. Mark McCurdy. It's Mark with a K. And then, um, you know, send me a message saying you suck ass or talk about this or what did you mean by here? I'm down. I love getting the messages. And now that I'm finally giving you more material, maybe you'll come back and uh, send me out all that stuff. So, um, yeah. So I hope this it was uh, beneficial for you. And like I said, send me a message. Think about it for a little bit. If there's something I missed, I'm totally down with that too. Oh yeah, the the class, the class I was talking about. So I'm putting together another class. So I've had apps and administration class that I've kind of separated out, mostly for our guys in-house. I haven't ever done anything outside of another agency. But what I'm going to put together is for our department 2023, but it can be used once I redo it. I'm going to revamp the whole thing, taking a lot of what I've already started with this Um, podcast stuff information and then delegate it out to some things. What what were the topics? Let me grab the paperwork right here. So some stuff I had put on there. So obviously we're going to talk about leadership in that class. So it's going to be a classroom setting, PowerPoint presentation with interaction, leadership. We'll talk about command presence, uh, setting expectations, getting yourself operationally ready, uh, decision-making process, SOPs, SOGs, and then uh, commanding your firehouse. So we're going to talk about those topics amongst other things. I do go on to a history component, uh, so that's specific to my department. But if you wanted something like this or you thought this would be beneficial to your department, I'd most likely start out locally. So anything pretty close in the Southern California area, if you want, I can put this together. We'll adjust the front end of it where it has to do with history of your specific department. And then that's pretty easy to do. I would just get with you early ahead of time, talk about some specific things and specific topics that you want talked about that may be is an issue in your department to get an outside opinion. Uh, these first few that I'm going to do, I'm not charging anybody. I'm just trying to learn myself. So if that's something that interests you, hit me up. I'm going to be working with a few people that are taking the captain's test from other departments soon. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's rolling. So this class, like I said, is going to be for our department early 2023. Um, that would probably be the time frame that I would need for any other agencies that want to do it. And I don't know if you want, if you're interested in it, it'd be a couple hours could be as long as you wanted and i'm willing to put it out there just connect we could connect and see if it works if not it's all good so no harm no foul uh you got all the information for the podcast the 
um, website and the Instagram account. And that's all I got for you today. Have a good day. This has been the Fire Officer Project.